Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada, and I have been working in a kindergarten um, classroom for, I think this is my seventh year. I think I say that every single podcast episode that I think it's my seven year. At some point, I should probably just try to count it out and figure out actually how many years I've been doing this. But yeah, so this is my podcast where I talk about all things kindergarten. I reflect on my practices. I think about different topics that relate back to kindergarten and I just um, take some reflective time and really think about what I do in the classroom and think about what other people are talking about in their classroom uh, for their classrooms and this is really just um, kind of a podcast for me to really just have that time to reflect and hopefully if you are listening to this podcast you are also taking that time to be more reflective on your practices in the classroom. I always say that this is really like a no judgment zone. Like I am constantly evolving and changing my thinking around practices and early learning and around kindergarten classrooms and teaching just in general. And um, anything I say in this podcast is really my opinion. And truly my opinion on different matters can change um, as I read more or as I learn more about a topic or as I see from different perspective perspectives in them from other educators and yeah this is just like my podcast is just like a place for me to come and really talk about those kinds of things and be reflective and think about things but this week is kind of just a more of a fun episode, I would say. I'm going to be talking about celebrating or doing Halloween activities in your kindergarten classroom, and I'm going to reflect a little bit on that. So I'm so glad that you are back for this episode of the podcast. I put out new episodes every Tuesday. And so if you are not subscribed to my podcast, make sure that you are so that you will get notified whenever I put out new podcast episodes. And I also want to make sure that if you're not following me on Instagram yet, you head on over to Instagram and you follow me. I What I really like to do is on Thursdays, I put out a post that kind of talks about this week's episode of the podcast. And it's just a place where if you have any thoughts about the podcast, any suggestions, any reflections that you would like to share, you can put that on the post and we can have a great conversation and a dialogue around the different subjects that I talk about each week. So yeah, make sure you head on over to Instagram. I will put the link in the show notes for my Instagram in case um, you want to check it out, but it's just at creative kindergarten blog on TBT. It's very long, but I think once you start typing in creative kindergarten like it just kind of pops up as mine um so yeah this week's episode is all about halloween so the first thing i wanted to really um talk about or discuss in this episode is um just my reflections on celebrating Halloween in the kindergarten classroom. And I just wanted you to know my background around celebrating Halloween in my kindergarten classrooms. And it's basically just um, that I have always worked in a kindergarten classroom. I've always been an educator in a kindergarten classroom where all of my students, except for the exception of one student, all of my students celebrate Halloween. So it uh as like our community our school community all students would come up dressed up in costumes there was always a celebration around halloween because our community celebrated it i had a student one year that was a or is probably a jehovah's witness and she did not celebrate halloween 
but her family and uh, us as educators, we were always in an open dialogue about what was appropriate for them, what they felt comfortable with, what they would not want happening with their child. And that open dialogue really created um, a great space for us to be comfortable with each other, with me asking questions, if there was anything I was ever uncertain about. And when it came to them, I'm not sure if this is the case for all Jehovah's Witnesses, but for them, they did not mind if um, we, or they, not, not even that they didn't mind, We they encouraged that we spoke about different cultural celebrations and different religious celebrations, and we celebrated those all in our classroom, but her, but um, their child would be able to participate in the conversations and the learning around the celebrations, but would not be able to partake in any of the actual celebrations themselves. So if we were doing something around Halloween, their child could learn about what other people were doing for Halloween and could learn about the cultural significance of Halloween, but she could not participate in any activities around like decorating a um, or carving a pumpkin, let's say, because it was a jack-o'-lantern and that was a symbol of Halloween. Instead, we would give her an alternate activity and she would be doing that alternate activity in our classroom. And that was based on the conversations and the open dialogue that we had with the family. This isn't just something that my teaching partner and I, we just did. This is something that was an open conversation and open dialogue and what her family felt comfortable with. Her family felt very comfortable with us still carving a pumpkin in our classroom and their child just not participating in that carving process. And we would just give her an alternate activity. We could still learn about pumpkins. She could still learn about the life cycle of pumpkins. She could still handle a pumpkin. It just, as soon as it turned into that jack-o'-lantern aspect of the um, pumpkin, that's when we would provide an alternate activity instead. And this was um, something that we did for every cultural celebration in our, our classroom, even as far as celebrating birthdays and all that kind of stuff. It was always an open dialogue and they were a an amazing family because I was able to just ask them any questions at any time and they were able to provide me some answers and I learned a lot while speaking with them and yeah so that was the only time I ever had a student in my classroom that didn't celebrate Halloween so when I talk about celebrating Halloween in my classroom I'm coming from a space where all my students do celebrate Halloween if I was working in a school where not all the students celebrated Halloween, where it wasn't part of the community's culture, if it wasn't part of um, what the children knew and understood, then that wouldn't have become part of our classroom. I know that every year our students get so excited about Halloween. I know that this year is different. I don't even know if we're trick-or-treating yet. Like we're a couple weeks out and we still haven't figured out, like even at, even from my own house, I haven't bought any candy because I don't know if I'll be able to hand out candy on Halloween. So I know this year is going to be different, but every year my students were so excited and like weeks ahead of time, they were talking about what Halloween costume their family had purchased, what they were going to wear to school, what candies they were looking forward to. And because we were a walking school, which means that most kids could walk to school. I think we only had one kid on a bus. They all lived in the same community and they were so excited because they would be able to see each other out and about on Halloween night as they were walking around and um, they would collect, like they would go to each other's houses to get candy. Like it was a like they that, that community was just very um, a close-knit community, which was also fantastic. So my students were always so excited about Halloween. So of course we were going to celebrate it. 
in our classroom and every year this is the celebration I look forward to the most. I dress up in a Halloween costume every year. We planned um, to have different treats available to them and we just had a lot of fun with it. But with that a lot of fun we did also a lot of learning around um, Halloween as well. And we made sure that we were embedding other things um, like science and literacy and math skills in our Halloween celebrations as well. So again, I embedded Halloween into our classroom because that is a celebration that my students partook in, that were excited about, that they were talking about, and it wasn't just something that I was pushing on them in any way whatsoever. So I think that's an important distinction um, when we're talking about Halloween and any celebrations that we're doing in their classroom. Is it relevant to the children that are in the room? And how are we going about um, celebrating it and honoring like, what the children are interested in and what the children are excited about? I think that's really important. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've done in past years for Halloween. And I'm also um, going to point you in the direction of a blog post that I have. And it's all about Halloween activities um, for my kindergarten classroom from past years. Just so if you need any visuals about what I'm talking about, it's all, I've got pictures of that in um, my Halloween blog post that I will link in the show notes for you. So I would always talk about, um, our Halloween costumes because that was like the one thing that my students were always so excited about was their Halloween costumes. And like I said, all the kids would come dressed up in costumes um, on the day of that we were celebrating Halloween. I know this year it lands on a Saturday, but I would probably do it on a Friday. And all the kids would come in dressed up in their Halloween costumes and they were always so excited to show off what they were wearing. So how we managed this excitement to make sure that every child felt like they were involved in the excitement and they were um, part of this process was that we would gather them all together and this year again different I know but maybe they'll be doing it in their own seats we would have each child get a chance to stand up if they chose to they always had a right to pass with anything we did in our classroom but each child would stand up and they would show off their costume and if they wanted to answer questions about their costume they could if any friends had any questions they could talk about what character character they were why they chose that costume and anything like that so that's what we would do at the beginning of the day as soon as the kids came into the classroom because they were always so excited to share. And as they stood up to share their costumes, I would take a picture of them in their Halloween costume. So I would just like whip out my phone and I would take a picture of every one of my students in their costume because on Halloween, we always, every year, I would make a class book with my students. So each child would get their own page their own writing page and they would be able to draw a picture of themselves in their Halloween costume and then write a little bit about um, what they were. So if they were a cat and they, they could write, I am a cat, or they could go in a little bit more detail than that. You know, for, for years now it's been Elsa or whatever, Spider-Man. And so they could draw a picture and write about their Halloween costume. And what I would do is that night I would print out all the pictures of them in their Halloween costume and I would glue it to the back of their writing page and I would put all of their writing pages together in one book, and then we would put it on our library shelf. Again, this year it is going to look different, but I think that there's gotta be a way to incorporate this into your classroom, even if it's making some kind of Google slide project or something like that, where all the students get to share a picture of themselves 
and um, talk a little bit about what they dressed up for for Halloween. And I'm telling you, that book would be looked at every single day from the day that it was put on the library shelf until the day that I sent it home at the end of the year when I would rip out each one of the pages and send it home um, with each student. And they would be so excited. They would turn the pages and say, look, that's my friend so-and-so. Look, this is what they dressed up as. Like every day for the rest of the year. They absolutely loved that class book. They were always so excited to pick that one up and look through it on their from the shelf. It is one of like the best, like I always like making class books with my kids, but that one was like the prized possession of the class. It would get all tattered and worn. Um, the pages would start coming off. Like it would just be so used. So that was my like number one thing is I would always make sure I took a picture of the kids and have them make a class book that they could look back on because it's one of like their favorite memories of the year was celebrating um, Halloween in the classroom. Another activity that they always really loved, and I don't really understand where why they love this one so much, but it's really simple. It's a literacy center, and I would have this up, and it's not even Halloween-based, really. It's more fall but and pumpkin, but I would take a pumpkin, and I would write sight words all over the pumpkin. So any sight words that we were learning about, I would take a Sharpie, and I would write them all over the pumpkin, and then I would just allow the students with a whiteboard and a, and a whiteboard marker to write out sight words that they could find on this pumpkin. The simplest thing you've ever heard of, yes, but they were always so excited about this sight word pumpkin and we would have it up in the classroom and the kids would be pointing to sight words they could see on this pumpkin all the time. It, it, it made me laugh every, every single year when they were so excited for this really simple activity. And it was great because it also worked on their literacy skills. And then, um, so I never wanted to waste the pumpkin. So we would always take that pumpkin that I had written sight words all over it on the day that we were celebrating Halloween. Um, are my I would get my students to um, draw what kind of pumpkin that they wanted um, or jack-o'-lantern that they wanted to make with the classroom. So you can do this a number of ways. And I think I've done it a couple of different ways where just on the spot, the day on Halloween, um, each kid... Um, not each child, but I would just ask like, what shape could the eyes be? And then a kid would shout out a shape and I would carve the shape of the eyes into the pumpkin. Um, another year, which was another hit the day before, they each got their own like outline, I guess, of a, of a pumpkin and they got to design their own jack-o'-lantern. And I would pick ones out of their designs that I could actually accomplish because some of them were so um, intricate, I guess would be the word. So intricate that um, I wouldn't actually be able to carve them. So I'd pick ones that I was actually able to carve and they would vote on which one they wanted our pumpkin to be and we would carve it out together. Um, that was just a great experience. Again, um, you can involve them by cutting open the pumpkin at first and you can do a whole sensory experience of having to get the guts out of the pumpkin and talking about um, the seeds and all that kind of stuff and pull them all out and talk about what they what it feels like, what it smells like. One year when we took out all the pumpkin seeds, not even one year, I think I did this most years, when we took out all the pumpkin seeds, I would uh, take them home and I roasted them in my oven and then I brought them back to school the next day and they could taste what uh, the pumpkin seeds tasted like after they were roasted. I also, I think this was a couple years ago, I made pumpkin muffins. My mother-in-law has an amazing pumpkin muffin recipe that I absolutely loved, love and she makes them all the time. So I asked her for her recipe and I made pumpkin muffins for the kids and 
when I say the kids devoured these pumpkin muffins, I think there was only one kid in my whole class that actually didn't like them. The rest of them absolutely love these pumpkin muffins. So you can really do a lot again around pumpkins and it doesn't even necessarily have to be Halloween. You don't have to carve the jack-o'-lantern at the end. You could at the end you can just do the whole sensory experience with them and really learning about the pumpkin and about the life cycle of a pumpkin and really talking about what it looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, what it feels like. I guess you could do what it sounds like by tapping on him. So you can really um, go through your five senses with that as well. Another activity that they always loved with a pumpkin um, and this was one of my biggest teacher fails of all time that I ended up turning into a win. But at first it was a complete fail. I don't know if you guys have seen this pumpkin activity. Uh, I think I saw it either on Instagram or Pinterest at first. And it was a really simple one. You take some thumbtacks and you put thumbtacks all around the pumpkin and students can use elastics. And it's basically like a giant round geo board where they can just um, use the thumbtacks as the pegs for the elastics and they can make different shapes, letters, um, different pictures using the thumbtacks in the pumpkin. I was like, oh, this is great, fine motor activity. I already have the pumpkins. This is fantastic. So easy, just stick a bunch of thumbtacks in there and we're ready to rock. So I set that up on the morning of the like our first um, pumpkin exploration day or whatever day it was and I explained it to the kids and then we talked about how safety with thumbtacks not to pull them out and like poke yourself with them just be safe whatever and then all the and then the first two kids that went there and I don't know if you can see this coming but I definitely didn't see this coming was when they put the elastic bands around the thumbtacks I guess the pressure of the elastic bands basically just popped all the thumbtacks out as the um, elastic bands went around them and made them fly across the classroom. Like I, like I made uh, an activity that caused thumbtack projectiles to just be launched everywhere. And I quickly panicked after like it happened. I think it happened once or twice and I like shut that center down and was like, no, we can't do this anymore. I've got to think of an alternative. And so what I ended up doing and it worked out really well because our kids really were excited about this pegboard um, pumpkin activity and I wanted to give them the opportunity to still be able to do it. And I, like I said, it was great fine motor experience. And so what I did was I obviously took out all the thumbtacks and instead what I did was I hammered in some nails around the outside of the pumpkin and those worked perfectly. And that was like, I think we had that pumpkin with the nails in it for like a week and the kids absolutely loved it. And they, um, made so many different designs and made so many different creations on this, um, I guess geoboard pumpkin thing and it was really great so if you've never done that before definitely don't use thumbtacks just use nails um, I use some thicker ones I have a picture of it up on that blog post if you want to go take a look at it um, it's just really um, simple and easy thing to do and of course, I have lots of other ideas up on that blog post, including some monster sight word um, write the room cards, or you could do like a scrambled around the room. I also have a sight word pumpkin patch where we um, uh, cut out pumpkin, little pumpkin um, silhouettes, I guess. And students wrote uh, a letter on each pumpkin and 
uh, the once they put it together, it's spelled out a sight word. You can have students cut out their own pumpkins to work on scissor skills. You can have them working on fine motor. You can have them um, working on sight words, whatever it is. And they created their own little sight word pumpkin patch. That was always a hit. And of course, the five little pumpkin STEM activity. That's a great beginning of the year STEM activity to really introduce them to some STEM challenges and talking about the process of STEM and all that kind of stuff. That was really fantastic. Another one that was always a huge hit is a sight word jack-o'-lantern. And basically it starts off with, it's just the silhouette of a sight, uh, of a, a pumpkin and each piece that the ch child adds to it. So like, each eye or the nose or the mouth has a different sight word on it. And at the end, once they finish building the jack-o'-lantern, they have to write which sight words they use to build their jack-o'-lantern. I also, um, a couple years ago, made uh, pointers for reading that look like, um, that are eyeballs. So it's literally a popsicle stick with a googly eye uh, hot glue to the top of the popsicle stick and they use it when they're reading instead of just using their finger they can use it when they're reading I'd seen people use those witches fingers from I think they're from the dollar store to use as a pointer when they're reading around Halloween but these were just really fun and easy to make and I already had all the materials for them so I put these together and I have like a little um note that goes with it that's like reading's not scary point as you read and it has um that popsicle stick attached to it that's a little freebie up on my blog if you want that and yeah I just I really liked taking um the opportunity and the excitement around Halloween and using it as an opportunity to do working on um, fine motor or working on sight words or working on literacy or math skills and all that kind of stuff and just using that excitement to make their learning fun and exciting for them um so that um they have these great memories of school being a really fun and exciting place and learning is not just a job that they have to do when they go to school. It can really be um, engaging and exciting for them and Halloween, especially because it's more towards the beginning of the year when you've kind of gotten to know them and you're really getting into the groove of the school year. I find that Halloween is just a great opportunity to just have a really a ton of fun at the beginning of the year and if your students are celebrating Halloween, this is just a great little celebration, celebra celebratory time to have with them as a class and to bond as a class. Like I said, that class book, I like it is read all year long. Like I would make class books at least once or twice a month with my students. And that was the one that they always go back to. They like the other books as well, but that Halloween one was definitely number one for my students. So that's always one that I love to make with them. Again, if you are virtual teaching and you're online, you can just ask families to submit a picture of their um, their child in their Halloween costume and you can make a whole slideshow that students can go back and look through and like kind of like a virtual class book. You can do it on Google Slides and let students go back and look through the book after um, you've done creating it and having all the families submit the pictures. I think that it's just that bonding moment of they're all excited about the same thing at the same time. And it just, yeah, it makes, it makes for a fun classroom environment when you have those opportunities. So again, make sure you go check out that blog post. It has visuals, um, kind of to show you what I'm talking about because, you know, podcast is hard for me to explain everything. But uh, yeah, make sure you go and you check that out. I also have a freebie on another freebie because the pointer one was one freebie. The second freebie I have is actually a pumpkin headband and it says, uh, it has like an outline of a pumpkin. It says cutest pumpkin in the patch. 
the kids always loved making headbands. I don't know why they love making headbands so much. It was like anytime we talked about creating a headband, they got so excited. So they got to make a cutest pumpkin in the patch headband that they could wear. You don't necessarily even have to do that for Halloween. It could be around anytime you're talking about pumpkins. If you're talking about going to the pumpkin patch, maybe you're making doing a virtual field trip to the pumpkin patch this year and you could end your day making a cutest pumpkin in the patch um, little headband to go along with it. So yeah, make sure you go and check out that blog post, link in the show notes for you. And I hope that you are having a great week. Thank you again so much for joining me. I'm always excited when I get to record these episodes and I get to really reflect on my practices and really think about what I'm doing in the classroom and um, just my practices in general and being really reflective on them because I think that's really important as an educator And so, yeah, make sure you're joining me every uh, Tuesday. I put out new episodes of this podcast. And again, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you all have a great day.